Willow Creek Springs presents Healthy Living with your host, Joe Grumbine. Well, hello and welcome to the Healthy Living Podcast brought to us by Willow Creek Springs. I'm Joe Grumbine and I am your host and I have with me a very special guest, Erin Wilkins. She's been She's back for more. How are you doing today, Erin? Doing well. We have finally hit summer in Idaho, so I've been out planting a few things and enjoying it. Nice. Summer already. Wow. We're, uh, we just got hit with uh, kind of a little mini heat wave, and then all of a sudden the weather just switched its thing, and it's cloudy and cool again, so I don't know. Oh, man. It's, it's okay though. I'll take all the cloudy, cool days I can get out here. And where I where I live here, we get probably at least sixty days of over a hundred degrees. So there will be plenty of heat. <laughs> no kidding. I know we kind of just missed spring. We went straight from like negative temperatures twenty, and then hit twenty degrees, and then all of a sudden it's eighty five. So, all right. Well, we uh, we're 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 running a parallel course, except for this week. So, I um, I noticed that you sent me a picture. You got your electroculture started. Yes. Yep. So I built. Oh gosh, it's probably about four and a half feet tall um, in my raspberry patch. Okay. And then we put um, a short one, probably about two feet in the strawberries in the front. Okay. So we're going to monitor the berries and see if that just gets them all excited. Well, it's funny. I, since we talked about that and of course, you know, I jumped head head first into it and put a couple up myself, but I've been seeing more and more uh, postings about it. Um, and, and they're generally sort of obscure references to, you know, this, this idea. Um, I had a guy come over a few weeks ago who is a, a, a horticulturalist and he's a, you know, big college educated plant guy. And um, sorry, that's my Husky yelling at me. Um, and I told him about the idea and he thought about it and he's like, yeah, I'll look into it. And he hasn't got back to me yet, but um, you know, everything I, I see about it really just kind of states the claim that it causes the plants to grow faster and bigger. And who cares why if they do, right? Right. And, and so I put up a couple of different ways of doing it. And I've got another one that I haven't done yet. But, you know, sometimes when you do something, less is more and sometimes more is more and sometimes the right amount is the right amount you don't ever really know how it's going to work but in a case like this i figured well it's kind of like working with cbd like you're not going to overdose on it right it's not going to you're not going to get too much negative ions collected from the air and 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 causing your plants to uptake too many nutrients like that's probably not going to happen so yeah that's true I did um, a couple of them in a raised bed, and uh, they're probably about uh, probably about four foot out of the ground. They're like a, a bamboo stake, 
and then I I took a basically it's a I think it's a number eight or number ten ground wire and um, wrapped it around it and stuck made sure that the the wire itself was a good six inches into the ground and just uh -huh. kind of took it to the top and then I was thinking about it and um, I think I had I thought I had some uh, soft copper half inch pipe but I couldn't find it but I did find a 10 foot stick of of copper pipe and so I went to my hugel culture and I just shoved that thing in the ground deep as I could and <laughs> I've got this I don't know it's it, maybe it's longer than 10 foot maybe it's 12 foot or something but I don't know it's probably about eight or ten foot up out of the ground just sticking up in the air so uh you know we'll see what happens everything around it seems to be doing good but um you know it's not enough not enough time has passed to see the difference between what's around it and not it didn't seem to deter any critters though i i had a a bunch of baby beets get mowed down by some birds or squirrels or something so i had to put up some little little sprinklers with a motion sensor on it that seems to be helping so the things yeah, we do and i think it's more they actually could attract more birds and squirrels and things with the energy i think it's more it should repel the like the slugs and the bugs and <laughs> we're certainly finding all that out right now yeah. oh yeah yep the, the, the proof is in the pudding so i feel like uh it's been months since we've talked it seems like uh it's been forever and it's only been a couple of weeks i think but uh, yeah yep how how have you been doing aside from getting warm? Um, very good. Yeah, I just opened a dance studio in the bottom part of my house, and so right. uh, been doing dance therapy. That's been nice. great. And then uh, dance classes kick off tonight, and then I've got a kids class coming up later in the week, and so yeah, that's been exciting to get oh. that going. Why don't we talk about dance therapy since we're oh. On the the Healthy Living podcast, and we're here to talk about uh, healthy living stuff. Um, why don't you give me a little? I've, you know, I've heard of every kind of therapy. Obviously, I'm dealing doing horticultural therapy and and uh, all these different uh, tools and techniques. Dance therapy seems like a um, a good idea. Why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, so it's something that I started a few years back, um, just feeling like sometimes people can't sit and talk with a counselor. Sometimes people um, don't really know what's going on. They just have a lot of angst inside or a lot of emotions, and they're very kinetic type people that need to move to express themselves. And so I find that dance therapy comes into play a lot with those types of people um, that maybe aren't artists or writers, you know, they can't get that out um, in another artistic form. Um, so yeah, I did a couple with some younger teenage girls last week who had, they were processing a divorce and a stepfather that was in the picture now and everything was just locked up and they didn't know how to deal with it. So um Dance therapy is always different for each person. I kind of tap in energetically what's going on, but um, a lot of it is finding out what they're struggling with through music first. 
And uh, I try to hit the negative emotions first, tell them you don't have to tell me what's going on, but I need a song that expresses your negative emotions that you're that you're feeling then we switch to happy so that they're not all bottled up in that place um and it's been really cool it's been really cool to watch um these girls just kind of either break down in tears and then leave with huge smiles um so the 13 year old that's really processing she's coming back next week with instructions to choreograph her happy dance and teach me so I'm putting the putting the control back in her lap and saying, you're going to teach me a dance this week. And so that's really cool. It, it was really cool. And probably the most positive feedback I got was she got in the car with her mom and her mom said, how'd it go? And she and I quote, it was good. She gets me. So I'm like, <laughs> yay. <laughs> well, that's fantastic. That's kind of actually a little bit of a dirty trick because when you have somebody's uh, assignment to create something and then teach it, that really reinforces it. So anytime you teach something, that's like the ultimate way to learn it. Yep. And uh, so she probably did, isn't going to see that one coming. <laughs> no, she was just excited. She's like, what? <laughs> Yay. Right, right. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah. the, the music itself, obviously it'd be pretty hard to dance without music, although I suppose you probably could. But um, the music itself, I mean, I've heard of music therapy uh -huh. for many, I don't know, I don't know a whole lot about it, you know, but um, that's part of why I'm doing this. This show is so I can learn a bunch of stuff too, you know? Um, yeah. But the idea of music as therapy um, I guess you kind of explained it where it would be connecting your emotions. You know, music is a very emotional art form. And, yep. and in fact, it's maybe a quintessential um, emotional art form because everything about music is emotion, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's almost like the, the, the outward physical appearance of an emotion could be construed as music maybe. So to be able to connect yeah. with your emotions in a physical way without, you know, talking about it, because it's kind of like pretty difficult to describe emotions sometimes, right? Because, oh yeah you know, I feel really angry. I feel really upset. I feel really sad or happy that's really a letdown compared to what you're feeling right <laughs> it just yep. doesn't it doesn't uh it doesn't cut it so the music itself could certainly convey those emotions or those feelings a whole lot a whole lot more clearly maybe um what's your thoughts on on you know how easily people like what if somebody doesn't know a lot of music and they just you know they you still want them to be able to uh use this tool yeah well when i have taught um and i've taught dance or music therapy for a number of years i taught it at a sorry my cat's going after something on my okay. desk Dogs um, making the rounds around here. So I know. I'm like, why are they being naughty? It's because I'm on the phone and I'm not paying attention to them. Uh -huh. um, 
So yeah, I've taught music therapy. It was very successful in an addiction center. And so okay. a lot of those people, they don't, they don't know how, like, what, am, what emotion am I feeling? I just know that when I feel uncomfortable and I'm having this negative feeling, I just go to drugs or alcohol and just run to those things. And so through the music therapy, it comes across as being super fun, but I have them really pinpoint emotions. And we talk about how there really is only two emotions. There's only love and fear. And so if you have emotion that's not love, what are you afraid of? And so we'll go through different types of songs. And I would say, go to that side of the room. If you think it's love, go to that side of the room. If you think it's fear. Um, and then we would talk about what, what would you be afraid of? What are you feeling in this? Um, very exploratory. You can really get at some super, super deep issues. And again, they're broadsided. They don't see it coming. It's just like, oh, we're just listening to music and having fun, you know. Are there particular types of music that you use for this? I mean, when you say the word music, it's such a gigantic word. And it could be anything from somebody hitting a piece of metal to, you know, a complex orchestral uh, sonata and, and everything and anything in between. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it can be anything. I know that when I use with uh, dance therapy and music therapy, I try to focus in on things that that person really feels because it's no point me playing some song that I think is a super happy song if they like hate it, you know? Right. And so um, I've done therapy with anything from like, you know, disco seventies to um, instrumental, you know, Bach or Beethoven. And then I've even gone into like hardcore rap where they're just like very violent, but it expresses something on such a deep visceral level for people. So yeah, I just kind of weigh each person. Everything's always different. So it, it's interesting now today, like if you were doing this 20 years ago, it would have been a whole lot more difficult because you would have had to have had all those musical sessions recorded somewhere somehow and you'd have to be able to access them now you can yep. just say out loud play happy music and something <laughs> will come on and it'll it'll be somebody's idea of what happy music is so we have access yep. now to all information at our fingertips including all all musical you know performances ever recorded um mm -hmm. so man you've got a powerful set of tools now uh as opposed to like i said maybe 20 30 years ago yeah it's amazing i mean even when i started i've oh my gosh i started teaching dance i want to say probably almost 30 years ago now when i started teaching and you had to find this the tapes you had to find the the right. records and then you had to record that onto whatever you were using and it was very time consuming it's now i just grab my phone i go downstairs to my dance room i've got my speaker bluetooth to my phone and i just go on spotify bam right. there's everything you need whatever <laughs> so it is it's right there and that's just yep. one platform if that one didn't have it there'd be another one. Oh yeah super cool so uh you know music is a thing that i think everybody identifies with some form of music i don't know that i've ever heard of anybody that was like i don't like music um <laughs> i mean you know it's it's everything we do is talking is music i mean you know it's yeah. it's, it's the the words we say are coming out in 
some spectrum of notes, right? I mean, it's every, mm -hmm. you know, even some pitch is coming out. So um, is there some type of music in the 30 years that you've been doing this uh, that shines as being more therapeutic than others? Um, no, because again, it goes back to the, just the individual, everything is, everything's them. And I mean, we're all, and that's what I've patterned my whole business after. If I don't think, you know, typical doctors, you, you have a headache, you go in here, have a pill. I don't do that. You have a headache. Well, why everybody that has a headache is going to be for a different reason. And so that's what I treat. And so the same thing with every struggle, every connection, it, it won't work to play rap for somebody that hates rap, you know, so no, probably not or I'm country not or yeah. Um, so yeah, no, there isn't just like one thing. It's just, it's all over the board with, with music. So you, you haven't found even, I mean, I guess, and it would be very, um, it would be very subjective because it would speak maybe as much to the client's, that found you or you found as it would to the type of music, but uh, is, is there been a type of music that's been preferred by more of your clients? Probably within the music therapy realm, but then we're also talking about when I was at the addiction center, um, it seems to gear towards rap or hard rock. Okay. Like, that just expresses a lot of um the anger or loss pain um that types of things you know doing right. dance therapy with these two girls um they're both struggling with sadness that was their main emotion and so their stuff's a whole lot calmer you know it's all yeah, very yeah you got yeah. in country music for that right <laughs> yeah yep so, so when you integrate the dance into it, now you're now you're dealing with physical movement, corresponding with the music, and Excuse you were me. saying, "Bless you," you were saying that um, you're giving your client the assignment to choreograph a dance. Now, if you did that for me, I would not be very good at it because I'm not much of a dancer. So <laughs> what do you do to people or for people that, you know, really don't dance? It's the movement piece. So it's just that expression. Um, so, yeah, some people will just say, hey, I want you to express what's going on through movement. Um, but whatever, you know, whatever you want to do. And you can have some people that just choose to sit and kind of, you know, move their hands or kind of move their body a little bit. And some people that just get up and go for it, you know? Okay. Interesting. Um, yeah. So you're a dance instructor on top of all the other things that you do. So <laughs> how do you incorporate that into this or do you? Into the therapy piece or? Yeah. Um, for dance therapy, I do. So one of the gals, um, just this, this week, her happy song was a, was a country dance and she, had, she was very reserved, very shy. Um, you could tell she was just really, really, really struggling and she needed to just, I felt she needed some exercise just to learn some things to get her mind focused on steps. So at that point, I taught her a dance, okay. um, listening to her favorite 
one of her favorite songs. So I said, okay, here's a dance that we're gonna do to your favorite song. Um, next week, if you wanna meet again, you're gonna choreograph one to teach me. Um, and then just to watch the smile that came on her face because you could, she was just, she's in a lot of pain. She had a broken heart when she arrived and when she left, she was just smile ear to ear and just, um, felt like, you know, she'd let some of that out, let some of that happiness kind of out into her life. So when you're, when you're dealing with these types of therapy, you're dealing with primarily emotional and, and spiritual kind of issues, but you would think, or I think anyways, that you could use dance therapy for physical therapy as well. Oh, yeah, it's excellent for that. When I was at the addiction center, I taught a dance class, too. And so that was just people just felt like they were having fun. But exercise is one way to get your endorphins going. Um, so especially if you're dealing with well anybody, but when I was dealing with addicts, um, you need endorphins from somewhere else. So they don't try to get them from, you know, drugs or alcohol. So um, yeah, I taught a pretty heavy duty, make you sweat and make you think type dance class so that it just really got everyone's endorphins just really going. Cool. Get that free shot of dopamine without having to put chemicals in you. <laughs> <laughs> yep, Exactly. Yep. That's kind of cool. So out of 30 years of doing this music therapy and dance therapy, what what's what do you think your most remarkable, I mean, I'm sure it's probably hard to nail nail down one, but maybe pick a very remarkable experience that you've seen using this modality. Hmm. You know, I know that it's helped people heal a lot with like the addiction stuff, but honestly, I think it was this past week with this 13 year old girl that I oh. saw. Um, 13 year olds, that's a rough age. I mean, it's just a super rough age and I wouldn't want to do it again. No. Uh -uh. And to add trauma, um, and loss on top of it, right. um, I, I could sense, all the drama. oh yeah, I could sense the hardness. I could sense she was trying to put a case around her. Um, I did like look in, I did a little bit of energy work with her and kind of looked into her soul and, um, saw what she was going through. And I said, this is what you're going through. And she said, yep, it is. And I said, well, this is your, this is who your identity is meant to be. And it was just this picture, this beautiful flower that I saw and her face lit up. And it was like watching somebody come in very hard, very, that callus was starting to form and then watch her leave almost like this beautiful flower that her petals were starting to open. Um, and for her then to confirm that by telling her mom, like, well, she gets me. No 13 year old is going to really say that unless it was a pretty profound experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Being got at that age is kind of the, the whole key to it all, right? That's the whole problem is nobody understands me. Right? Yeah. You, don't, you just don't get it. And that's, yeah. you know, that's every, the angst of every teenager um, and their, their adult counterpart. So, uh, and you know, the funniest thing is they don't get themselves. And maybe when when they start to get got, they maybe start getting themselves a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think I mean, and I think I saw that that happening, you know, and that was that was really cool. 
Um, because somebody that age isn't going to lie, isn't going to like fake their emotions with you just to make you feel better. And so um, just to know that, yeah, she feels like at least there's someone in the world that understands her. Um, And that was powerful for me because I felt, okay, yeah, that's great. (laughs) Well, I'm, I'm going to um, use your inspiration or your, your practice as an inspiration again. So I, I borrowed your electroculture notion and, and, you know, with our Gardens of Hope project where we're using um, therapeutic horticulture and just using the gardens as a therapeutic venue, I think the idea of bringing in musical and dance therapy um, into this, creating some kind of a program or, or just at least looking at that, I think doing that outside with your feet bare might be a really cool thing on top of it all. Oh, yeah. I mean, I know as soon as you started talking about the Gardens of Hope, it's like, oh, my gosh, people just need to come barefoot and ground and do some color breathing and yoga and maybe some little dance moves. And yeah, it would be amazing. Exactly. Well, that that little uh, beet and carrot garden that we put the one electroculture project in, I, I've got sand around it now. And so we've had a, a few people do their barefoot walk around oh, it cool. and so that's kind of you know the idea i can't do that everywhere but you know in certain places where I'm, I'm actually switching out i've got gravel around the upper raised beds and i'm i'm taking it out and putting sand in its place so it's easier to walk barefoot on so i think that's oh, a great wonderful. great notion and even just that is sort of a dance if you do it right right oh yeah oh totally yeah just yeah. like the, the spiral dance of going into a a maze or something like that that's a that's its own thing so yeah well, we did it again we burned up another session here <laughs> and uh we started the out going what do you want to talk about and neither of us really knew so we just said well let's just start talking um as always Aaron it's been a pleasure I really enjoy talking with you and uh hearing yeah. of your practice and your experiences and uh why don't you give us once again how to get a hold of you I'm I'm your first episode just aired um so now you're you're in the regular rotation so um and i haven't even shared it with everybody and and some people have found you so um yeah you're the our first episode was published and uh much more to come but um if anybody's in the twin falls area of idaho or anywhere really since you do remote work as well um Why don't you tell us how to get a hold of you? Yep. So check out my website for just kind of a list of everything that I do. A lot can be done remotely. And um, give me a call. Text me. Call me. Whatever. I'm here for people. Fantastic. All right, Aaron. Well, always a pleasure. And uh, thank you for joining me. All right. Thank you. Okay. This has been the Healthy Living Podcast brought to you by Willow Creek Springs.